0: Nearly three years ago now, COVID struck. and In the last couple of years, it still drove the narrative. COVID has forced many issues to surface that we have not taken seriously enough before. Welcome to Modern Practice. I'm your host, Dr. Tom Villanueva, Senior Principal for Operations and Quality at Visient. And on this episode, I'll go over these issues in detail. Kind of think of it as lessons learned for all of us. So things I talk about specifically during this episode is that as masks are useful, We'll talk about how vaccines are still a powerful tool, in addition to the concerns I have specifically when it comes to booster fatigue, and then we'll even discuss how not everyone is treated equally, especially during the pandemic. And then I'd like to take a real deep dive of how mental health is a serious condition going on in our country right now. So let's first talk about masks. Well, I'll be honest with you. I'm tired of wearing them myself, not only in my clinical practice, but in other places I go to. And I get it. They're uncomfortable. In my particular case, I'll need to be honest with you. When the strips of of the mask itself are behind my ear, they become very uncomfortable as well. And many times actually forcing me to use higher grade masks like that of an N95, which also tends to mess up my hair. But one thing we do know, despite your feelings of how you wear masks, they are actually immensely useful. At this moment, when it comes to the pandemic, I would say that You need to make your own individual decision based on what your risks are for severe disease. But if you are yourself at high risk for getting severe disease, if you're over the age of 55, if you're obese or have multiple chronic conditions, or if you're in a position where you can get someone else at severe disease, then I would seriously consider it, specifically now that we're going through the tridemic, if you will, with RSV, COVID, in addition to the flu. And specifically in times when you're actually in a high congested area. These examples of where you're in a public, using public transportation, when you're boarding a plane and deboarding a plane itself, particularly in the gangway, is areas that I've personally been putting my mask on. Or if I find myself in a highly congested area with multiple people and there's actually very poor ventilation going on. But it's just a consideration to actually take this as part of our lives, particularly when we start having conditions during the cold and flu season. I'd also like to talk about vaccines now. The science of using vaccinations is already over 100 years old. And quite a few people don't even know about that. In fact, when it comes to inoculation of chickenpox, that's actually a couple of centuries old in which we kind of realize why that worked. And I've also, I also can understand, particularly with the newer science of messenger RNAs, though many of us were introduced to it in the 2020s and even in the 2019 periods. Keep in mind that the science behind messenger RNA is that of several decades at this moment. We were just only able to capitalize on the technology at this moment, and we actually do feel that there are gonna be other conditions that we can treat with messenger RNA. Keep in mind that's true with many of the variants that are occurring, particularly as we continue to advance. These are are escaping the immunity that occurs with the vaccines, but the same thing occurs with natural immunity to this virus, which tends to be very short amount of time, similar to what you could see with a cold. But for those people that are at highest at risk, I think that being vaccinated does make sense. And the data does show it, if you will. I'll preface again that specifically during the initial course of vaccination, 96% of physicians got vaccinated during that time. That's how much the science appealed to us. I'm also concerned in reference to what occurs with booster fatigue. Now, keep in mind that many of us did get boosted during 2022, specifically during the summer periods and the fall of 2021. But if again, you are at higher risk for severe disease, you should consider getting an additional booster with the bivalent. Now, I'm going to be very transparent again. The data shows specifically among these newer variants that are going on, that getting boosted per se, still escapes, but at the same time, we're seeing that there's less hospitalization and severe disease going on when getting it. In addition to that, you can't get boosted at the same time while getting your flu vaccine. And this makes sense. Prior to the pandemic, about 60,000 people died yearly from the flu. Again, among those people with higher vulnerabilities, the very elderly and the very young. And I do believe that going into next year, we'll start seeing, or even this year, we'll start seeing combinations of both flu and COVID being given at the same time. But I can understand. People are already scared. They're many times even frustrated or just quite frankly had enough. But these, I believe, will be part of our lives of getting vaccinated. In addition to we already have vaccinations that will help you prevent certain types of cancer, this will continue to advance, I believe, going into the future. So the best I can give you, and at least the very best advice I can give you when you're considering getting boosted or about what type of vaccine to get, is to just see what those risk factors are in your particular condition. Truth is, preventative care is the best thing you could do. One thing I keep on elaborating among my patients and even friends and family is to be kind to yourself. And part of that is eating healthy exercising on a regular basis. Many of us have actually become more sedentary. We have virtual jobs that keep us in our desk, with studies actually showing that even though you may have had vigorous exercise for half an hour, if you remain in your desk for greater than 11 hours, you've actually negated the effects of the exercise itself. One thing I also like to tell my patients is that everything that lives moves, from a single cell protozoa to plants that are constantly moving towards the sun. Movement is key to life itself. So try to find a means to what form of exercise you enjoy, whether it be resistance training with weights and bands, or cardiovascular, or just simply starting out with a nice walk 20 minutes, three times a week. Weekends count, by the way, in which time it's important to have some type of exercise. This helps us with our mental and our emotional conditions, which I'll speak to in about a minute. Now, one thing we did find out during the pandemic, which was many of the dirty little secrets as an industry, I'd like to say. And that's that not everyone is treated equally, specifically during the pandemic. In the earlier portions of the pandemic, there was a very important study, in fact, revealing, that showed that in Manhattan, based on zip codes, was the outcomes noted greater than any other condition, even comorbidities, of whether death was about to occur. And in fact, we still see it today around our country that your mortality, when you're expected to die, is yes, in part, important based on your age, your genetics, your body condition, and your comorbidities. But there's actually a stronger correlation with your zip code. So access to care in these areas of need, getting to the people of the highest vulnerability, those people that don't have access, that because of their jobs, they can't take time off during regular, what we call traditional office hours, if you will. And then they are actually forced to use higher levels or more costly care levels that are not meant for that condition per se to prevent or to treat chronic disease, which is our emergency rooms, and then they clutter our emergency rooms for those people that really need it. So efforts needed to be made, and I know that there's a lot of enlightenment, awareness, if you will, and even mindfulness that's occurring in reference to social determinants of health and higher levels of vulnerability. But I also preface: it's important to be sensitive. One thing that I've always learned through medical school is that I treat my patients equally. But the concept of equity wasn't there. And truth is, I may be treating my patients equally, but not. Each and one of these patients needs to be treated equally. They need the amount of time and resources based on their needs itself. And that's not equality, that's equity. Lastly, for this episode, I'd like to speak to that in reference to mental health. Now, issues with mental health, whether it be depression or anxiety, have nothing to do with strength of character. In fact, I've found that many people are actually quite resilient. But with the pandemic itself, it caused fear. And that causes chemical reactions in our mind that actually defeat the chances of improving if you will, or even dealing with some of the stressors we saw that. We got bombarded by the media with all these scary reports. And yes, we had opportunities with some of our local and federal and state government feedback and some of the actions that they took. Quite frankly, I found myself making several mistakes clinically. I didn't know any better, had neither as my colleagues, but we've learned through the process itself. But it's important to take care of your mind. Seek help. It's okay. I also know that there's a deficiency of mental health specialists. So part of it is speak with family, speak with friends. Get rid of the poison in your minds and in your hearts at this moment. That being said, the mental health, when you do have chemical depression or, or even anxiety, these are changes that occur chemically in our minds. I preface again, it has nothing to do with strength of character. Seek help. There are medications. No, they're not addicting. And no, you don't have to take them for the rest of your lives. For some of us, that may be the case the same way as you're taking blood pressure medications for the rest of your life to prevent the complications of hypertension, which is end-organ disease, mostly cardiovascular disease, stroke, and heart attack, in addition to kidney disease itself. But the same thing is warranted by taking these blood pressure medications to prevent these conditions. You can take these anti-anxiety and anti-depression medications for the very same reason. So as a whole, I'd like to say, be kind to yourself and be kind to others. Thanks for joining me for this special edition of our award-winning podcast. I'll continue with my review in the next episode, and if you have any additional questions pertaining to modern practice or simply need to send us your comments, please contact me or email me at modernpracticepodcast at vizioninc.com. We've posted a link in our resource section. And please join us for other modern practice podcasts. Subscribe today, like us, or send us your comments. I'm Dr. Tom Villanueva. Thanks so much for listening.